again and welcome back to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. I'm Chris and I'm joined as usual by Rachel. Hello there. Uh, by Yvonne. Hello. Only this time we are a man down. We are a Dan down, in fact. And instead <laughs> we have got a replacement, even though obviously Dan is irreplaceable. Uh, we have joining us from Glasgow is Michael Collin. Hello. Hey there. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Um, Michael is a animator and illustrator who went to the um, Edinburgh International Film Festival Animation Lab with Yvonne. You just would like to introduce yourself a bit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you've already done that. But um, no, I'm yeah freelance uh, illustrator and animator um, based in Glasgow, and um, I've been doing it for quite a few years and um, I used to do comics and naturally uh, evolved into animation and um, yeah that's uh, it's good to be here. Well thanks for coming. Good to have you. And later we're gonna we're going to delve into the um, Edinburgh Animation Lab experience a bit. Michael and Yvonne are going to talk us through but before that we've got our usual segments and we're going to start off seeing as last time we didn't actually get to any of the questions that you people sent us we're going to do it first, so we don't run out of time. Our first question, which is from XE4 Productions, is what is your favourite animated movie and TV series? Which, bit of a tough question. It's a bit like asking me to choose my favourite child, only <laughs> harder. The only way I could possibly do this is to say this is my favourite Japanese animated movie or this is my favourite Hollywood so I'd say pretty much all the Studio Ghibli films is pretty much between My Neighbour Totoro and Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away one of them depending on what day you ask me one of them's my favourite and it's sort of the same with Pixar films it's sort of between Up, Wally, Toy Story 3 obviously well the Toy Story but particularly Toy Story 3 I think it's perfect oh yeah uh, How to Train Your Dragon films, I think, probably were right up there as well. And TV series, well, there's, it's obviously not as good as it used to be, but there's The Simpsons is pretty much, I think, at its best, is pretty much the best TV series at its height, probably. Uh, <laughs> um, not so much now, maybe, and not so much at the very beginning, but sort of in between, it was the best. Um, and anime TV series, Cowboy Bebop, easy. Yeah, uh, hands down. And probably favourite current TV series, sort of between Archer and Bob's Burgers. That's me. I haven't seen Bob's Burgers. Is that good? Oh, I love it. It's great. Uh, it's interesting if you watch it after watching Archer, because it's, it's John Benjamin again, doing the exact, oh. doing the exact same voice. Huh? And, really? Yeah. And there's that episode of Archer where uh, it's like a Bob burgers crossover have you seen it i have not i'll uh, have to check that out sometime yeah, he runs a burger bar and it's like got serious versions of all the characters from bob's burgers cool yeah anyway it's like got serious versions of all the characters from bob's burgers cool yeah anyway Rachel? so is it my turn is it my turn to answer yeah. oh well yeah. okay um hmm. like you said it's it's really hard to pick like any one thing because I've just seen so much at this point but um uh if you really had to twist my arm between like what's play what's what's going what's on right now and what's you know just old favorites um if I had to pick my favorite Disney movie it would 
probably be animated Disney movie. It would probably be Lilo and Stitch. Nah. It was that I. Well, it was funny because when I first uh, saw the trailers for that movie, I completely wrote it off. I thought it was just going to be this really silly comedy, but then it just turned out being this really amazing, really heartfelt story with these uh, with this really adorable family. And I just, it, I every single time I put it on, I always get this you know really really super happy. So that's definitely one of my favorite as far as Disney's concerned. What else? Favorite uh, Japanese film, animated film. You know, obviously Studio Ghibli is way up there. And if I had to pick that I'd, uh, from that studio, I would say uh, Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. is my favorite. Because I really like the way they handled the whole, you know, split between, you know, the the people and the, and the creatures of the forest. And the way they handled the whole environmental theme there. Was being, it was a lot more mature than saying, you know, nature is good and man is bad. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And favorite uh, uh, tele-animated series, I would have to say uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, the original uh, first three seasons. Is it okay if I admit I've never seen... Uh, well, I might have seen one episode, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you never sat down and watched it? No. Aww. One day, one day, you should. I've been meaning to, because everyone says it's amazing, but I sort of watched one random episode, and it wasn't, it wasn't even like start, so that's never good place to start really yeah yeah that's definitely one of the things you need to sit down the end is usually a good place to start oh yeah (laughs) and then if you think the end's good (laughs) 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 i I wouldn't suggest or recommend that it's an unconventional (laughs) way of doing it but i like it (laughs) no surprises (laughs) no you'll know exactly how everything ends um i guess I guess that's under. Do I have to say like uh, Japanese animated series also? Because that's that... a whole other whole other thing. Tough, but if I had to say favorite classic show is a t- close tie between uh, Dragon Ball and Yu Yu Hakusho, and favorite modern anime series Tiger and Bunny, hands down. <laughs> that's a very good show. Love I it. I do like that. Yeah, Yvonne. Uh, uh, well, let's see. I. I think, um, I mean, I, I tend towards really liking uh, just independent animation. I mean, when I think about my favorites, I mean, definitely all, all the, there are tons of really big studio movies I've seen. And then also because of those screenings, you know, I saw Pinocchio again and that like, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> it's like a whole new experience to see it on the big screen. Um, so, I mean, they're all sort of in separate categories, but, but I mean... Like animated short films, like uh, like uh, Lavatory Love Story, and um, I'll send you links to these actually for the notes, the uh, show notes. But um, Lavatory Love Story is really terrific, and um, uh, I don't know things like uh, uh, Wife of Bath by Joanna Quinn, and uh, I don't know. There's just so so many. I mean, I um, the the Pierce Sisters. I really love that short. Um, yeah, I don't know. I tend to. There's something really, an old, old Fangs, beautiful, beautiful short film um, by Cartoon Saloon. I mean, yeah, there's something kind of I got of to see that out recently, actually. Isn't it beautiful? It is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful. And, and um, you know, there's just something kind of special about condensing a story down to a short. Um, I mean, we talked about this a lot in the lab, but it really is its own art form. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know, like, it's almost as though... Like less ha- hands have touched <laughs> the original story, you know, <clears throat> and it's 
I don't know. There's just something kind of nice. So I, I tend to, those are kind of, I think my favorite, uh, that's kind of my favorite genre. If, if it is one, is it one? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's becoming its own genre, I think. And thank goodness for that. Yeah. I, th- I think animation shorts have sort of made a bit of a comeback really. I think partly because of the internet and it, so like easier to distribute things, mm-hmm. and, right. and also like the way the way Pixar and, and Disney and a lot of the other studios have followed in their way. Oh. They've just they put shorts before the main feature, which I really really, really like. I always thought it was a really untapped resource. Mm-hmm. I mean, there must be I don't know how many more short animations than there are sort of feature length or series and you know i would have thought by now somebody would have or a few channels would have popped up where they had you know people programming hours or whatever it may be because you know so much just kind of disappears into the ether and you know it's true and you know it it just seems like a a waste in in so many ways but i have to agree i think just uh, being in Edinburgh the other week, then the emphasis on short films being, um, you know, being allowed to exist in their own right without being sort of stepping stones or precursors to making larger um, films or series, um, you know, is important. It's you know, it's it's important to recognise that they are um, things in their own right. Yeah, I think there's something very cool about short short films of any type, really, or you know, even short stories. Just Mm-hmm. That just that they exist in that small space, and you've got a lot of more freedom, really, because if you're not trying to sustain a an hour or whatever, if you just got a, a ten minute short, for sure, and you lose the as sort of Yvonne touched upon, you lose the the sort of that single voice or vision, or and and so many times it becomes diluted, especially when you start talking about. Uh, feature films or whatever it may be and you have such a huge team of people and ideas have to be you know filtered through until everyone's right. agreed upon it or you know there's there's just so much more freedom right yeah i mean it's like the well it's like the blue sky and like 80 people and 80 is a lot at least in my mind 80 people working on bunny you know the first short that uh, they made in in the last, uh, an epic was like 800 or something, 800 people, six to 800 people. I mean, it's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot more to organize. Definitely. Okay. Uh, Michael, do you have a favorite animated movie or TV series you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, um, I have to confess that I'm not, I, I don't watch a lot of animation, even though I am an animator. Um, I kind of came into it late and um, sort of came from, you know, my sort of cultural references probably aren't as deep-rooted as a, well, particularly in animation, as deep-rooted as a lot of probably the people listening to this. But um, I, 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 in terms of series, uh, I remember uh, probably a few years ago, a friend passed on Samurai Champloo and Foolie Cooley. Oh, uh-huh, right. And Those are classics. They just particularly fully coolly. It was just this was just a beautiful thing, um, and and just you know for it to be six episodes, it was like that's quite unique. Um, I, maybe it's not. I'm, again, I'm uh, I'm not incredibly well versed, but um, and I, it just really sort of opened up my eyes. I mean, I've certainly seen a lot of the the, the sort of Japanese classics, but. Um, uh, yeah, that was certainly one that I was like, oh, that's, yeah, 
wouldn't it be good to do something like that? Mm-hmm. In terms of um, sort of movies, I would say, oh I mean, yeah, just I think instinctively the ones that you just think of immediately are the ones that stay with you. But um, Nightmare Before Christmas is always one that I, I just, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, I love stop motion anyway, and um, and I just, I, it's 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 up there, it really is. Um, and in terms of short movies uh, or short animations, um. That you know, I think uh, Vincent as well, um, sort of Rick Heinrichs and Tim Burton. Um, considering it was, you know, I think it was was it a student film um, when they made it. Um, it, it. It's it's one that always sort of resonates with me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember what the other compartments were, but uh, <laughs> we were just kind of picking whichever ones like stood yes, out to us the most. But... Yes, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I saw Tokyo Godfathers. Oh, and I've always film. wanted to see that. How was it? Oh, it, it struck me as it was almost a lesson for live action filmmakers. And um, very rarely do do I see a, an animated movie and think, do you know what that that is that is pretty pretty immense on many levels. Um, not only, I mean, the comedy. I mean, just the whole. You know, premise, but um, the, the just the the cuts, all of it, it. It was like that's, you know, that's really taking filmmaking, uh, you know, excellent filmmaking, and and really using that in a in an animated film, but still make you know, u- utilizing animation, um, you know, in its best way. Um, but yeah, so hi, there you go. Yes. I, I think Take a Godfather's is very underappreciated, actually. I think it's a, a beautiful film. Um, and also, if you haven't, you should look out, look up basically all the films by that director, Shitoshi Kon. Uh, they're all fantastic. And there's not many because he died five years ago, tragically. And, um, oh, no. Yeah. Um, uh, so there isn't many, but he was, like, amazing. <laughs> So that's perfect blue, uh, paprika. Oh, paprikas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tokyo Godfathers and Millennium Actress is the other one. And he did a TV series called Paranoia Agent that is also very much worth your time. And I think probably I'd like to do a show on Satoshi Kon at some point because he's amazing and it's, it's going to be the anniversary of his passing soon. So, fifth anniversary. Right, uh, I think that answers those questions. So, you know, it would it would be nice to. Uh, I mean, I was actually mentioned this a, a few times um, at the lab, but um, we should probably put together a, a list of some of these. Just, to, I mean, for me, because I would like to see a list. But I mean, there are all kinds of um, you know Russian filmmakers and Polish filmmakers. Like, I don't, I know nothing about you know. I mean, I don't know, or if uh, people who listen to the podcast have um, suggestions, because I know it's a sort of uh, an ongoing education, mm-hmm. <laughs> is finding uh, finding animators and artists, you know. It, um, Russian animation just makes me think of um, in The Simpsons when Itchy and Scratchy got cancelled or something and got replaced <laughs> by a, a Russian animator called Worker and Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't watch that movie. <laughs> it was uh, when we we're going. I'm going to reference the animation lab a lot during this, but um, we there was uh, is it Bill Purvis? Is that the uh, Barry, Barry Purvis? Yeah. Barry Parvis, sorry, yeah. Uh, he recently, he showed one of his uh, recent commissions, which was by Russian TV, uh, and he said that it was one of the, uh, the the smallest budget he'd had to work with, and he screened a lot of his work throughout the years, uh, and I, I thought his, his most recent one about Tchaikovsky um, was the, his best. Um, I thought it was absolutely beautiful, um, and and, and it's really kind of it's sort of heartwarming, you know. It's mm-hmm. sort of reassuring to hear that you know Russian TV is commissioning this kind of work. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it may not be big budget, but I think big budget is disappearing from from animation, or from from what I understand. Unless you're, you know, yeah, DreamWorks or yeah, you know, unless you're yeah. knocking out something huge, then um, you know, but it was it was it was comforting to to see and to hear. Yeah. Um, okay, and the next question we've got is how is the anime community in the UK compared to the rest of the world? And that's from Shane Scalf on Twitter. And I guess I better field this one. Uh, it's basically, I don't think it's that different. Obviously, it's a lot smaller than in the US because there's a lot less British people than there are Americans because it's a much <laughs> smaller country. And I think probably. A whole lot of states are actually bigger than the whole of the UK. I know Texas definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe California, I don't know. That's pretty big, isn't it? It's more uh, lengthwise than widthwise as Texas. Okay. And, and Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Any, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, obviously, it's a lot smaller. So, like, in comparison, there's quite a few less. But um, the fan community's been going quite, quite a while because... Uh, it sort of broke through in the mid '90s when, basically, when Akira came out, and it was a big success. So the company um, that released it set up M- Manga Video to release more anime, and it sort of went from there. And they're still around even now, even though they're not called Manga Video anymore mm-hmm. because obviously VHS is pretty dead at this point. I. I think it's safe to say. Um, Prac- yeah, a little bit, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. You get digital um, videos. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're still around, and there's a... And at this point, there's a few other labels. There's MVM, who have been around quite a while as well, but there's a couple of newer ones. There's a company called All the, uh, Anime Limited, who do really nice editions of things. Um, they tried to become like the criterion of anime is what they suggested. So they do these really classy editions that tend to be a bit more expensive, but they're really gorgeous to look at. And they get a lot of the impressive things like Perfect Blue and stuff like that and Cowboy Bebop and release them in really nice editions. Uh, and then there's another company called Animatsu who are quite new. And there's a couple of anime magazines... There's Neo, which has been going about 10 years. And then there's My M Magazine, which is the one that I contribute to, which is obviously, of the two, is the one that you should you should buy. <laughs> I'm, totally un- I'm totally unbiased. But oh, I'm totally. 
totally. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and there's quite a few. There's some major conventions every year. There's the the MCM Ex- London Expo, and they have shows. It's not only anime. It's all comics and movies and everything. But they're all around. The, they've got one in the UK. They've got them all over the place. They've they've even got one in Dublin now. And yeah, so it's pretty much the same, a bit smaller, and a lot of the time it it basically relies on the American side because we have to wait for Americans to get it first, and then they sub-license it to the UK. But sometimes we get things a bit first, like we got all the Ghibli Blu-rays before the Americans did, so we have to enjoy that while we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's about that. And then... The other question from Adam Kemp on Facebook is, how did you guys become so enthusiastic about animation? Mm, Anyone? Well, um, I, 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 kinda, I guess I kind of talked about a little bit of that uh, in our first podcast. Uh, I just, you know, it was something I grew up with, and the more and more I, you know, I saw as the years went on, you know, I, when I, you know, from watching cartoons to going into, um, you know, finding out uh, about Japanese animation when it was first being aired um, in the West, I just uh, became enamored with the fact that, you know, of how many different kinds of stories they could tell. Because I'm I'm a storyteller first and foremost. I mean, I wish I could do animation, but my drawing is shit. So I, <laughs> it's like, if you can't draw, then you can't an- you certainly can't animate. But, um, you know, even though I've, one day, one day I will learn how to do it. But uh, that was uh, that's something for another time. But, uh, animation needs writers too. Yes, they That's yes right. it does. And uh, if that would if I could say my ultimate dream would be you know writing for an animated series, then it it, it totally is. But as of uh, right now, I just have to work my way up there and learn more about the industry. But um, I don't know. It's just like it seems like animation, at least in terms of storytelling, can get away with a lot more. I mean, with uh, live action films, you know, they have to you know stay with they have to they have to work in within. Uh, the realms of uh, reality, at least with what they can shoot. But with animation, you know, you could have, you know, you could shoot like probably any any kind of sequence you can imagine, just as long as you can draw it or um, bring space. it to life in some way. In space, <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, not that you can't have like live action movies in space either. I mean, Star Wars and Star Trek certainly prove that. But um. <laughs> But I don't know. It's just it seems like there's a a lot more freedom with what kind of uh, you know what kind of tale you want to tell, and I I just that boggles my mind, and I just can't get enough of it. Yeah, cool. Uh, I pretty much same sort of thing. I grew up with animation, watched it from a very early age, and then in sort of. When I was getting a bit older, I discovered this strange and wonderful world called anime, and discovered that there's this whole other, whole other sphere of animation beyond what we knew, and fell in love with that a bit, and then didn't really ever get out of it, and really wanted to go into it as as a career, and when I went to university and as as part of the module, I just I. Um, studied animation and as I learnt more about it from an inside perspective it, it only made me more interested and I <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I've loved it ever since 
and I probably, if anything, I've got even more to, into it since I started the website and I'm sort of immersed in it all the time in the whole industry and the news and everything and I just think it's basically the ultimate type of cinema really because everything, you have to create everything with with um, live action film you, you know, you still got sets and people and but everything in animation, apart from maybe the voices and the sound, is you have to create yourself. So I think that's fascinating. And that's me. <laughs> cool. Evan? Um, well, I, I covered most of this in the um, yeah. last podcast, but I mean, yeah. just the short version is that I um, studied painting and it was really a way for me to sort of translate narrative paintings into... Uh, you know, longer stories. I just realized I didn't know how to do it, and so I um, uh, started studying and um, and got hooked. <laughs> got really hooked, and um, and then the struggle began. <laughs> the continuous it struggle. Ends. It never ends. <laughs> the struggle. <laughs> you love it, really. You I don't do. Want it to end. I do love yeah. it. It's a sick group. Animated, <laughs> but they're my clan. So <laughs> stick with the clan. That's right. <laughs> You'll never leave. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Good. Uh, Michael, uh, I similar to Yvonne, I studied painting um, at uh, Glasgow School of Art, and to be honest, I wasn't really into uh, anime or animation. Really, uh, not not to the level that you guys are. And uh, um, I've, I, I went to uh, California Institute of the Arts uh, oh, cool. for about half a year. And um, I sort of continued painting, but I was encouraged, well, you're forced to do uh, go and study in other departments. And uh, I uh, made, I, sort of, I went and studied film and video and made about seven films while I was there. And I came back to Glasgow and, really sort of fell out of love with the world of art. I always felt it was a bit elitist, uh, very elitist, and not accessible to people. Um, so I abandoned the high art and embraced the low art and uh, went into... Hey. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> went, uh, went into comics, uh, comic strips, and it was published for about three years. And uh, we I, again. I wasn't really into comics, but um, a friend was like, "Do you reckon? Do you, do you want to do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, go for it." Um, and so for three years, we ripped the piss out of Glasgow DJs and the whole club culture. Uh, was it an in- independent thing? Yeah, it was published yeah. in a, you know a, a sort of yeah you know, third tier uh, Time Out style magazine and uh, um, and you know when you're drawing you're you're effectively with comics you're storyboarding as much as anything um i figured well if i could do a few more drawings in between i could bring it to life and um and with comics uh you know you again coming at it from a somebody who didn't read comics i was i've when i was a kid i used to love looking at the pictures of simon bisley and uh but never really got into them that heavily um so I kind of, uh, yeah, we we sort of embraced the whole comic thing, and with comics comes toys, um, and I, so I sculpted toys, and um, and then um, sort of stop motion really sort of popped up because it in, encompassed 
all of the things that I love doing. I, just uh, on a side note, a lot of my stuff is 2D, but 3D is really what I want to be doing. Um, and so from from story to character design to especially with stop motion, the whole film side of it, you know, being able to position cameras, lighting, creating sets, um, the whole, the whole, all of it, all of the stuff that I love doing. Um, um, yeah, so that was kind of, that was my in and, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much where I am now. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's so, there are so many different skills, um, that you can bring to it. And, uh, yeah, you you get to create your own world, and that's uh, you know, I mean, that's pure escapism. Um, and you know, we all have to deal with with life, and uh, it's one way of you know, um, channeling that at least. So yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Uh, I'm gonna move on to a bit of discussion of the news that's been going on in the animation world recently. Uh, and one thing that happened was there was a couple of trailers released uh, about Dragon Ball because uh, there is two things that are happening. One is that the film Resurrection of F is coming out um, in America and that's the trailer for that's just been released and I know you had some thoughts on that, Rachel, didn't you? Yeah, uh, primary thought is being I cannot wait for it to come out. Please <laughs> let it come out. Please let it come out. I need to go see it because <laughs> I was so excited when I heard that... Um, that the the Japanese uh, premiere was actually in the U.S. Also, that they actually ha- I saw a bit of the um, that how what they had at the event uh, that event um, when it was released and you know the stuff that happened before they saw the film and after and it was it was so cool to see that if they premiere they had the directors there they had you know a whole bunch of other really cool events and so now I'm just really looking forward to seeing how the uh, because they did a great job with the Battle of Gods, so I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing how they handle this one. Yeah, I thought Battle of Gods was great, actually. Um, I've sort of got an interesting uh, relationship with Dragon Ball in that I actually prefer original Dragon Ball with like the adventure and stuff to Dragon Ball. I don't know whether I'm supposed to say Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Z, because I'm British, <laughs> I say Z, but... <laughs> I, I say what, Z. I know you do. I don't know what the Japanese say. It's Z. I think the World War Z kind of puts an end to that, right? You can't, <laughs> you can't say World War Z because you... I know a lot of people who did. And, I, and in that case, I'm going to go with Z because it ruins the joke. It's World War Three, World War Z. Uh, it's the only way it works. But, but with Dragon Ball, I'm not sure. Uh, so that's why I normally just refer to it as Dragon Ball, just to um, avoid any problems. Yeah, um, and anyway, I prefer Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z stroke Z. And I think that kind of Battle of Gods felt a bit more to me like old school Dragon Ball in a way. I don't know, maybe it's just me. No, it's, it's, it's not just you. It definitely had a lot of... Um... Dragon Ball's humor because that was when you know when Dragon Ball first came out that was the genre it was going it was it was an adventure um you know adventure slash action comedy series so yeah. but then when definitely when Z came out that tone shifted a, quite a bit I mean there was still there was still comedy to be had but not definitely a lot more emphasis on the action yeah it's not I don't like the action it's just 
my preference is for the other stuff and I felt that the there was a lot of that in Battle of Gods the uh, bit but well a lot of both really yeah and I just thought it was really well done and I thought it was like just sort of a perfect thing for fans of the franchise really and to do that after so many years because a lot of things they come back and they're a disappointment and they came back and they just hit it out of the park so I'm yeah I'm interested in seeing what this next movie is as well uh, and then the other thing is there's the new TV series Dragon Ball Super and there's the trailer for that as well uh, yeah. bit of a bit more of a teaser definitely mm-hmm. since we can't really get too much into what this actual series is going to be but from what they've uh, mentioned at least so far from this trailer it, I am definitely intrigued about where it's going to go because it seems like it's going to be because um, they've they hinted at in the Battle of Gods movie that when Beerus was talking to Goku, saying that you know I'm just I'm not the only god of destruction. There's a whole bunch of different dimensions, each one having their own god of destruction. God of destruction. Goku's like, <laughs> I would like to fight all of them. <laughs> New <And> challenges. <laughs> that is obviously a good way to um, blow it open because like, original Dragon Ball goes to space and stuff. So this can then go in the dimensions and introduce whole new worlds and stuff. But the interesting thing is, Dragon Ball Super started on Japanese TV this morning. Did it? Uh, oh my god! And there's no, there's no, um, there's no confirmation of it being released in English, which is kind of crazy. But I imagine there's a lot of people after it, and I kind of feel like they'll probably try and get it on on Toonami or something. Mm-hmm. But I think they probably should have done it already because. Like with Space Dandy, they got that dubbed at the same time as it was being made, and it premiered in America before it was on in Japan. So they can do that if they want to. Mm-hmm. And I just think they've missed a trick because some people seem to have been watching it. I'll just say that. Uh, I don't know how they could possibly have done that, seeing perhaps they've got Japanese TVs. Can we just Possibly. It's possible. <laughs> or they might have used other... Methods. Have you watched any of the the Dragon Ball series in Japanese at all? Not, I mean, I'm, I, I, I don't, I haven't watched any of it. But uh, just out of curiosity, because I find dubbing is a big issue, <laughs> and um, you know, obviously, when you watch some, when you're watching a subtitled film, you uh, you don't. You know, your your eyes obviously mostly at the bottom of the screen, um, or certainly a lot of the time. But the, the the characters are very different, and I mean, I know, I think I imagine there's been sort of big leaps in uh, voiceover, but uh, often I find sort of English language ver- uh, like voiceovers are really quite difficult to, and um, I think there's sort of a disconnect. Uh, I find. They're a hell of a lot better than they used to be. Right. Oh, that heck yeah. That, it was actually around the time where, um, with Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, especially like the um, the now Titan uh, dubbing company, uh, Funimation, was still just trying to find their feet. And um, if you do look, go back and look at the old, you know, back what the dub used to be, compared to what, you know, stuff like they've done with uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai when they redubbed that, and how they've handled, you know, not just line, de- line delivery, but also the way they translate, you know, from the original script. It's very, very different. Like, there are definitely a lot more, like, American-based, like, puns and 
jokes and stuff that, you know, only a Western audience would get. Whereas yeah. probably with the Japanese, I mean, I haven't really, I haven't, I've really seen a little bit of like, say, both Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and the uh, Japanese. But um, yeah, it's just definitely like they'd have to make sure that if, if and when there's humor, that it's their jokes that can, you know, still carry over into the, uh, to the audience. For sure. Yeah, I think we <laughs> we touched on this at one point. I think maybe in an earlier conversation, um, but I know for me uh, um, that movie, A Cat in Paris, really. <laughs> I, like I saw the dub version, and then I saw a version with subtitles, and I, I don't know. It was very different. I um, <laughs> I don't know. I, it was. I mean, it was the uh, the voice acting was really great and everything, but the, yeah, the choices that were made sort of made me cringe a little bit. We've actually got there doesn't happen very often but there's two different dubs there's an american one and an english one uh or british one and i watched i watched the um british one on blu-ray when i I rented it and that was terrible yeah it was horrible yeah Um, (laughs) i haven't seen the american dub but, um... They should get the germans to do it i had uh, an (laughs) ex-girlfriend who's from germany and up until a certain age, I think until she moved here, she thought so many American movies were German, <laughs> which I thought that's 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 pretty immense. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I, it, you'd need to learn German, obviously, but uh, there's 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 a real art to dubbing, which is uh, something of yeah. It's I'm sure there's uh, there are people out there doing it well. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, any, it's very I, tricky. From what from what I know of it, it's it is very it is very tricky, especially like I said earlier, when you have to adapt humor when it's originally you know say a, a Japanese like word pun off of a you know like off of you know a particular first way you say a word can mean absolutely something different, and just trying to like basically change that so you could do a you could still do a joke, but often but obviously for a different audience, <laughs> but um. Even some of the, like different interpretations of the lines. At least I know with um, Dragon Ball Z, I remember there was one instance where they um, they did have to change around a good deal of the lines to make you know. I think what was it? what was it? it was a scene where I think it was just at the end of the very first like major uh, saga where uh, one of the the primary antagonists at the time, Vegeta, was actually leaving or trying to escape with his life after losing the battle and. Um, Goku's, uh, in the dub, original excuse was of letting him go was, you know, just to show mercy so that maybe that this person would, you know, show mercy also at, you know, at some point, like, learn the value of it. Whereas in the Japanese, basically Goku's only reason for letting him go is like, I want to fight him again. <laughs> <laughs> Goku has a one-track mind. Yeah, I don't really like it when they rewrite stuff too much. Yeah, it completely I mean... changes the meaning. And that's the thing, like, is it really, I mean, maybe it's a silly thing to say, but, I mean, is it really necessary? I mean, aren't some of these subjects, and I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, is the audience really not going to get it? Is it that confusing? I don't, I don't know. At least as far as that choice is concerned, I really, I mean, you would, I, we'd probably have to talk to someone from, you know, who is who was involved right. in that decision to really right. know why they did it, but... I don't know. I guess they they maybe probably were just like sitting in the room and looking at the original dialogues. Like, man, that's kind of that's really silly reason to let him go. <laughs> I think they were they were also doing it to show it on TV in America. Like, that on, too on Toonami mm-hmm. or whatever. So there there are certain standards and stuff that they have to 
have to um, adhere to for that. So it might have been, we can't suggest that he wants to fight. Oh, no. <laughs> he just wants peace and love. Yeah. It's interesting that Dragon Ball Super wasn't announced this past weekend because there was the big convention anime expo in Los Angeles where lots of news was announced. Um, and the big surprise for a lot of people is a really old school anime sci-fi series called The Legend of the Galactic Heroes is being released and that was kind of it's one of those anime that people never thought would actually come out in English because it's like at this point it's really old it's like 80s and 90s at the, at the most uh, there's like 100 episodes or more and it came out on video and it's supposed to be like really I think it's pretty much like the West Wing in space kind of thing. It's, That's kind of cool. It's kind of, it's a lot of space politics and stuff. It's not like all big explosions, and it's based on a series of novels. And you hear lots of people going on about how great it is, but it was never licensed. So obviously, I don't know how anyone could have seen it. Um, but yeah, that's being released by um, Sentai, and that was a surprise. And a bunch of anime, like old school classics like Death Note and Nutana are going to be released on Blu-ray for the first time. That's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and also the anime Parasite is going to be shown on Toonami. And that's been quite a popular show. Uh, it's, but it's based on an anime, I mean, manga that was quite a few years ago. It was like late 90s and I think it finished in the mid 2000s. So it's kind of weird that they've adapted it now. And it is, uh, if you haven't heard about it, it's basically these alien parasites come down and they um, they take over humans' heads and then they go around and eat other people. But the main character, he had um, headphones on when the alien came to try to eat him. So it went in his hand instead. He, does, does he get superpowers? That's us. Awesome. Does, does he get superpowers? No, he, well, yeah, sort of. Uh, basically goes around with a hand and the hand right. comes his, his friend and he fights. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. That, that sounds like... like another anime that I watched a, a while back, but it was a completely different genre. <laughs> Is that the one about the little, the little um, puppet one? Those... Pup, little puppet one. I'm not sure if, it's a, if it was a puppet because it was actually, it, it was very, very strange show. Oh. It was a it was a rom-com, actually. Um <laughs> Where someone gets shrunk down and put on his hand. Was that a, yes, that one. Was that oh, to the hand one? <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. Are you talking about Evil uh, Dead? Midori Days, I believe, is the name <laughs> of the title of that anime. Oh, okay. No, not Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, Parasite played at the Edinburgh uh, International Film Festival. Oh, yeah, they, they did live action. There's two-part live action mm-hmm. movies. And actually, years ago, there was going to be um, Hollywood versions of that. Like James Cameron was was talking about doing it, and then at another point, seriously, yeah, and another. Well, he's mm. talked about doing lots of things that he's never done. Um, <laughs> and and then Jim Henson Company were going to be involved in it, and then the rights went back to Japan and they did it themselves, and they did a two part film, and yeah, that showed at Edinburgh. Uh, but the and then they did an anime series recently. And that's going to air on Toonami in America, apparently. Very cool. I'll have to tune in. I mean, it sounds sounds different, but interesting. And the other big story from Anime Expo is the return of Tokyo Pop. 
Seriously? Yes, they are making a comeback. Uh, if you don't know, Tokyo Pop were basically uh, sort of around the mid 2000s. They were the biggest English language manga publisher. They basically pretty much pioneered the idea of um, unflipped manga that was cheap, that was in bookshops. And you could buy it in America, you could buy it in the UK, you could buy it all over the place. And used to, and before they came along, manga was really expensive, and it, and it was unflipped. It was in, I mean, it was flipped. So they, you read it the normal way you read an English language comic. And Tokyo Pop came along, and they decided not to do that in the name of authenticity and cheapness. <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely have. Um, I think I still have uh, manga volumes in my uh, in my collection that still have the Tokyo the Tokyo Pop logo. So I'm enjoying. Yeah, they were. That was way back a long time ago. Yeah, and they went away basically because all the Japanese companies got in on it themselves and started oh. publishing their own stuff. And Tokyo Pop lost all their licenses pretty much. And wow. all all they did was original English language manga, which is not really manga. But mm-hmm. that's what they had. Um, and basically, they had a bit of a reputation because they didn't pay people. They bas- Most of the creators were pretty young and Tokyo Pop came, you know, gave them the opportunity to publish and they gave away all their rights and everything. And so quite a, peop- quite a lot of people are still quite peed off with Tokyo Pop and now they're coming back. And they basically haven't really got a lot of licenses because all the Japanese companies have published them themselves. So they're going to have to get um, small indie labels and stuff like that. Or original English language manga (laughs) still isn't really manga. (laughs) But that's kind of a big deal, I guess, they're coming back. Yeah, I mean, it... Definitely, it will be interesting to see if they uh, if they take off again quite like 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 they used to, or if they've uh, changed their tune from how they used to operate. But but it's it's very much a wait and see kind of thing. That just you know, see if they uh, if they reach the numbers that they did back when they were uh, they were big with terms of manga or what kind of titles that they can get their hands on. That is the question. But they are doing some sort of app thing where you it's like user submitted comics you can upload them yourself and the users get some of the advertising revenue or something like that that's their big new innovation that's kind of cool well we'll see (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely a wait and see kind of topic yeah because they they haven't got the best reputation tokyo pop but let's give them the benefit of the doubt and i don't know maybe it'll be all right who knows maybe they'll surprise us yeah and that's pretty much the news the well, the other thing, the one other story is that Funimation are going into co-production, which I think was kind of they were talking about ages ago. But there's some series coming out, and they've put money into it, and this is the first time they've done it, uh, which is kind of a big deal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, lots of people used to do that back in the day, but Funimation haven't done it before, as far as I know. So we'll see how that pans out probably a good idea for them yeah expand keep expanding where they can and one of the other news stories that we published this week was um 
that Attack on Titan, the live-action movies, is coming to the Americas. And I say the Americas because they say uh, America, Canada, and South and Central America, apparently, which is different. Uh, but That is quite you... literally almost all yeah. of the Americas. Yeah. <laughs> are you a fan of Attack on Titan, Rachel? I most certainly am. I, yeah. uh, I've watched all of the first season of the show, and I am trying to keep up with the manga where I can. Yeah, it is a very, very good show, I'd say. And it's it's just got its own mood, I think. The first time I watched it, it just blew me away because it's so intense. Oh, yeah, that, that the intensity is definitely definitely what makes the show one of the... Why it's so popular, because it just... it Once it starts, it doesn't stop. It just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, and it's just relentless. And oh, that doesn't sound very fun, but it is. Um <laughs> And they're doing some Japanese live-action movies of it. And they are coming out in America via Funimation at some point mm-hmm. by the end of the year. If you're a fan of, like, giant monster movies or just monster movies in general and the kind of intensity that you can get from those kind of films and that kind of genre, then Attack on Titan is definitely for you because it's, that's, it, it, it feels like one of those kind of uh, those shows. But also has has kind of like a deeper layer to it, a deeper uh, mystery that we're that's the uh, I think even the manga is still trying to tackle, but and, or at least trying to hint at. But we'll, we're getting there slowly and uh, slowly but surely. And I'm, I think uh, believe there's supposed to be a second season coming out also within the relative future. It's coming out in like 2017 or something. It's or maybe it's 2016, but it's it's not for a while anyway, and it's. It's interesting because last week we were talking a lot about anime series and their problem with filler. Yeah. Whereas it, this is a case where they've just gone, we're going to make one series, see how it does. And, you know, that it was pretty much perfect. And then they're going to do another season in a couple of years. And rather than just, you know, they could be knocking it out every week and it would lose so much. So I'm glad they're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from what I know of the manga, it's definitely good that they're taking their time with it because if you thought the what they ha- what they handled in the um, first season was serious, oh boy, the second season's got a lot to cover. <laughs> I think the movies look kind of fun. They they look the monsters look suitably freaky and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, as they, as they are supposed to, which is yeah. thank goodness for that. That attention to detail is uh, I hope is they handle that well. And so far from what we've seen of the trailer, it looks like at least with the the largest Titan that you get to see at the very beginning of the series looks like he's supposed to, so I'm excited. <laughs> now, here's an interesting thing, though. A while ago, apparently Sony registered a bunch of domains that were, like, Attack on Titan-related. So I kind of thought that maybe they were going to release the movies in English. But, obviously, Funimation have got the rights. So... It makes you wonder why Sony, and it was Sony's movie, it wasn't Sony Games, it was Sony Movies, I think. So, are Sony working on a big Hollywood production version? I don't know. Oh boy, um, yeah, I don't know either, and on honesty, it's making me a bit nervous. <laughs> but there's also the chance that, because um, they've done animated movies that were, I think they're compilations of the series that have come out in Japan. So it might be something to do with that. I don't know, perhaps Sony have poached them from Funimation. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah. And there was one... We talked a lot about trailers last week, but 
we forgot one that I wanted to talk about, and that is Kung Fu Panda Free, which is finally coming out next year. Yes. Yes. Skadoosh and all that. It feels it feels like a long time since the last Kung Fu Panda movie. Uh, it has been a couple, uh, at least a couple years. Um, and I absolutely love the first one, and I like the second one. But I realised that I haven't seen it since it came out, and I should probably change that. But... Yeah, you probably should. It's one of those movies that's definitely worth rewatching more than once at least at home. I don't know why I haven't watched that, but the first one I've watched lots of times. And I know some people didn't like the second one as much, but I remember thinking it was good. Really? Because I, I, I have the exact opposite opinion. Most people I've seen uh, who I've talked to about that movie, actually, you know, lo- love the first, love the first one, really good, and then absolutely adore the sequel because it's it's got a ton of improvements on the uh, on the first one, at least from my perspective. Yeah, I definitely have to rewatch it because, like I said, I only watched it when it came out. But the third one, uh, it's got his Poe's father in it, played by Brian Cranston, which is <laughs> going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, interesting yeah. casting choice. <laughs> again, it's really a teaser. It's because it's not coming out till early next year. Um, so there's not a whole lot to say about it, really. Just, yeah, Kung Fu Panda 3, yay. Well, there's a... <laughs> Well, there's. I've only. I've heard some of the synopsis. Like I've uh, read an art, a couple articles in the paper um, talking about like kind of a bit of a plot synopsis. Because I mean, the, like I said, the teaser, the teaser trailer itself doesn't really give too much. But what they've been uh, able to divulge uh, about the basic plot is obviously yes, um, Poe does meet his biological father, and um, he does go back with him to the other. You see the other pandas in their own village, and basically learn about what their what life is like for them since he's lived away from them for so long. And um, what else? I think there's also talk of an uh, Poe being set up for an arranged marriage with one of the uh, panda <laughs> pandas in the village, yes. And um, I thought that was... Uh, it was really interesting, especially the casting choice for his uh, fiancé. I, I feel terrible that I cannot remember her name, but I remember seeing her uh, in... Um, oh, gosh, up. Uh, Pitch Perfect. She was one of the primary characters in that. Oh, is it Rebel Wilson? Yes, Rebel Wilson. The, the oh, Australian. Yes. yes. <laughs> she is, she's been cast as uh, Poe's fiance, arranged fiance. Awesome. And yeah. um, one, la- like, one last, like, wrap up the plot summary. It's like a, think of like an agent evil, like a spirit of some kind, basically comes back and starts terrorizing the uh, pandas. And basically, Poe has to, has to start training the other pandas in martial arts because it doesn't seem like they've really been with it, or at least that they've, they haven't really uh, been involved in too much kung fu, and at least not in their culture. So he actually has to train them to defend themselves. It's kind of the whole point of the whole franchise is that he's an unlikely kung fu master, so it makes sense that the other pandas are just as unnatural, <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. It kind, of, it kind of fits, and it will be really cool to see him actually in a mentor role for a change. Since he's always, he's been this, for the past uh, past couple films, he's been more of the student, but uh, as of the sec- the sequel, he kind of moved away from that, and now he's going uh, to be actually teaching. Good yeah, evolution but... of a character. <laughs> I have to rewatch those. Um, 
The, I just, you know, what sticks out for me is that bridge scene. Remember how amazing that was? The animation in that. Oh yeah, when the um, Furious Five are uh, fighting uh, mm-hmm. the antagonist on the bridge. Oh, so good. <laughs> the animation's so good. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a really good martial arts film, basically. <laughs> Even though it's the panda and it's animated, yeah. it just is a decent martial arts film. It really is. Oh, and that whole scene, yeah, where he's. But yeah, it's coming back to me. I have to rewatch both of those. <laughs> you're having you're having uh, Kung Fu Panda uh, flashbacks. I am right now. <laughs> but yeah, some of the best types of flashbacks you can have, to be honest. Well, yeah, because it's got great action sequences and uh, one of the, like you said, it's great great Kung Fu movie. Not just through the action sequences, also, but a lot of the they with the way they handle a lot of the various philosophies. Like um, the uh, first film was. Uh, the power of belief and especially in believing in yourself, which is very, you know, uh, which is very in line with that. And also, um, the sequel was, uh, conquering your own, conquering yourself and your, uh, your past before conquering your enemy. And it's also about awesomeness. That too. (laughs) And it had really great turtle movement. The the mouth, uh, that sort of, (laughs) those mouth movements of the, the old, uh, master, uh, Kung Fu Master Turtle. <laughs> yeah, Uguay, I believe it's the character name. That's yeah, that was amazing too. All that act, all that, uh, all those acting choices and the sort of subtle shaking that they uh, added to the the mouth and the hands. Really amazing. I actually looked at the um, the cast of the 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 cast that they have set up for Kung Fu Panda Three, and I actually saw Uguay's, um actor was in the cast. So they mm-hmm. I, obviously we can't have uh, with the way. Uh, the movies have been. He, he he's not going to come back or anything, but he he might be at least in like a flashback of some kind. Oh, nice, nice. And I also see J.K. Simmons. He, was he in any of the last ones? I can't remember. J.K. Simmons. He, um, might, he might be the villain in the new one, possibly. Actually, so yeah, I think that was. Um, I think he was cast as the villain uh, for for this movie. Because I was trying to work out who who was the villain on this list. <laughs> Yeah, so that was probably that's probably him. I have to double. I'd have to double check to be sure. Don't quote me on this, but it sounds it sounds. I remember. I think I remember seeing something like that. But like I said, I, my memory's a bit fuzzy. But, it's a pretty, huh? From Whiplash. Yeah. Cool. And J. Jonah Jameson from the Spider Man movies. Yeah, that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the teaser's pretty good. It's got a little bit of action, and then they got a bit of comedy. And it is quite funny that bit with the where he blatantly can't tell that it's his dad. Um, <laughs> that's the joke. Yeah, don't want to give it away to anyone. But that's, that's <laughs> the joke. Um, that is pretty much one of the best jokes in the whole franchise. The fact that he just can't tell that he's adopted or, <laughs> when he's a panda and his dad is a goose. <laughs> they, they, they they make that joke a lot and um and they elaborate on that a little bit more in the sequel, obviously when when he makes the room, he, the revelation actually happens and Poe just goes, I knew it. It's like what it's like you knew, how did you know? It's like Dad, I I mean look at us <laughs> Yeah, but I'm yeah, I'm definitely on board because the other movies are great and it's probably I guess probably my second favourite DreamWorks animation franchise behind the How to Tame a Dragon, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, what else is there, really? Shrek? <laughs> uh... Yeah, Shrek, and I think, um, well, 
There's, there, as far as a franchise goes, Shrek is the only other uh, DreamWorks franchise of films that I know. I mean, I've seen plenty of other DreamWorks films like um, The Prince of Egypt and uh, uh, Spirits Down in the Cimarron, but, you know, there are 2D features. But as far as, like, the big, big uh, film franchises, those are some of the big one, bigger ones that they have. It's the Madagascar movies, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny, <laughs> funny movies, uh, but when... I wouldn't say they're my favourite. Yeah, they're not the best. Best bits of the penguins, obviously. But other than that, uh, I can take them and leave them. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's pretty much our news segment dealt with. So now it's time for us to talk a bit about some stuff we've been watching. And in my case, um, well, seeing as we were talking about DreamWorks, I shall start by saying I started watching a couple of episodes of the um, the Dragons spin-off series, Race to the Edge, which is oh. a Netflix exclusive. And uh, I wasn't overly impressed, to be honest. Really? Uh, um, I've only seen like a couple of bits of the DreamWorks TV stuff. And to be honest, I haven't been too impressed because... It just feels like they're content to make them as kids shows, whereas the movies, there's there's much more to that. And obviously the animation isn't going to be as impressive on TV. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't expect it to be. But when you've seen like How to Train the Dragon, how amazing it looks in the, yeah. in the movies, and then you go to this TV series, I mean, I suppose, you know, it looks fairly impressive for TV, but... Uh, I, I couldn't get over that too much but the big problem is just the writing's not that great and it's just it just feels like a kid show really that's Whereas, a shame that's a real shame because I remember when I because uh, at least compared to some of the other uh, television series based off uh, DreamWorks property or DreamWorks uh, film franchises like uh, I've, I've seen The Penguins I've seen uh, Madagascar I've seen uh, the Kung Fu Panda television spinoff and um, I even watched like a little bit of the very first uh, uh, How to Tame Your Dragon television series. At least out of the three of those, How to Train Your Dragon was definitely a better. Sh- uh, it seemed like a better show to me than the other t- than the other two. So I was kind of hoping that maybe since they could, uh, they were going to be leading up to the events of uh, the second movie that they would try to do a bit more than what they did. But that's that's a real shame to see that's just another kids show. Uh, I think. It, you know, it does expand the world and everything, but it's not the people who write the movies. It's separate people, and it's just—it's all right. It's not horrible. It's just—it's a bit disappointing to me, really. Anything else? I uh, yeah, I was able to finish watching an anime series called Bodacious Space Pirates. <laughs> oh yes, I saw that review. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's—it's a fun show. Uh, it's. I think kind of the title, you might think, hey, it's these bodacious babes in space. <laughs> but it's, actually, it's, much, it's much sort of sweeter and gentler than that because it's about a girl who disco- in space, obviously, who discovers that her father, who she never met, was actually a space pirate in space. And um, he's passed away in space. Um, and... She finds out basically she's inherited a, a pirate ship in, in space. space. In space, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> so she has to learn how to be a space pirate, 
and carry on her her studies. That's great. Wow. <laughs> Thank and you for continuing that joke. Well, everything sounds better in space. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I, it's it's daft and silly, but it's fun, frothy fun, basically. And there's no reason for the pirates to dress up like, you know, army hearties type pirates in space, but they do, and I don't care. It was just fun. It's, it kind of sounds like um, what was it the um, the one Disney movie I watched that of uh, their 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 take on uh, sci-fi uh, tr- uh, Treasure Island. Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet. Yeah. It kind of sounds. It kind of sounds a little bit like that if you're if you if you say that they're all like dressing up like pirates in space. Yeah, there's, there's no reason to do it apart from the fact it's fun. So who cares? <laughs> Everyone likes pirates, and everything's <laughs> better in space. So yeah, it's so, like one. Uh, it's like One Piece meets Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I totally watched that. So would I. Everyone would watch that. <laughs> Somebody made that happen. Somebody in the animation industry, please make that happen. Kickstarter! Yeah! <laughs> I know what I'm doing later. Uh, <laughs> right. So, after, other than that, um, it's not strictly... Well, it isn't. It is an animation, but I did just want to say that I had the misfortune this week to watch the recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, I am so sorry for your loss. <laughs> the lost hours of your life that you will never get back. I, I wasn't expecting much, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's terrible. It's just... It really feels like somebody's gone, Hey, what, what do the kids like today? Uh, they like the internet, so let's make the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles use the internet. Only they don't really sound like teenagers, they sound about 40. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's been a even even with like some of the other uh, incarnations of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that they've always tended to be more mature. But only recently, like I know with the um, Nickelodeon cartoon, they actually have them look and behave like actual teenagers. It's like, well, it's about damn time. <laughs> and they just look hideous. They just <laughs> just oh, they give children nightmares. They're horrible. Yeah, I've. I kind of avo- tried to avoid that movie and just not give it the time of day because I, I just remember when it was first coming out, I just thought it was a terrible idea and I never wanted to see it and I probably never will see it. I'd advise that. Yeah. I think I was drunk <laughs> when I watched it, so I, I can't remember. But uh, <laughs> I don't think I'll be going back and watching it again after after your <laughs> sordid reviews. Yeah. Yeah, just like see what the difference between when you're watching it when you drink and watching it when you're not drinking. See how see how that turns out. But then you have to watch it again. Uh, that's true, and I wouldn't have, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I will say it's probably better than the Transformers movies, but it's not really saying anything. Uh, well, did you enjoy it drunk? I mean, that's a different remember. kind of record. Must... <laughs> oh, 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 it's one of those things where you just no, you can't can't recall. <laughs> Nothing, nothing stood out. I, I mean, I remember reading the comic strip when it first came out, or the comics, and yeah, I mean, the artwork was amazing. Um, but yeah, as soon as Vanilla Ice came into the equation, I think <laughs> I sort of lost interest, even at the age of, I don't know, whatever <laughs> sort of young teenage age it was. But. Yeah, that was, uh, if I, as far as movies go, there's, it's, it's, I, besides the very first one, it's really I love hard. That movie. 
Yeah, that 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 movie was amazing. If only to be like a beautiful time capsule of that time period. But um, I don't know. The only other movie that had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in it that I actually kind of liked, besides the original live action one, was the um, the one that came out. I think it was in two thousand seven. The CGI oh, yeah, that, movie. Yeah, that was by a animation company that didn't last very long. Yeah. They called a magic a magi or something. I think they were based in Hong Kong. And they basically did that, and they did the Astro Boy movie. Yeah. Which was, it was all right, actually. It wasn't amazing, but mm. it, was, it was it was a pretty fun movie. But it didn't do very well, so they went bust, I think. But yeah. But it's a shame, because they, they had some interesting ideas planned. They were going to do a movie of the old anime series, Battle of the Planets. Huh. It's, and they released, like, a, a teaser trailer. And it was pretty badass. And I'd like to have seen that. But it was not to be. Oh, sad. Sad face. Yeah. Sad panda. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. so that is my traumatic experience watching that film. Again, I'm say, so sorry. I would not recommend that to anybody ever. <laughs> and yeah, that's what I've been watching this week. All right. So, Rachel? Um... Well, quite a few things I've actually been watching this week. Um, well, I'll start with uh, I'm gonna plug my review. What I recently uh, I recently did. I was I rewatched uh, the old uh, old uh, one of the first CG uh, computer generated shows uh, ever to be on TV ever besides uh, reboot was uh, Transformers Beast Wars, and uh, that was that was definitely a definitely a trip. It was back into back down nostalgia lane for me since that was. That was besides like the couple of VHS tapes that I used to watch of like the uh, Generation One Transformers and the the movie. That was my real introduction into the Transformers franchise, and it really basically started a uh, kick me kickstarted me on the fandom, and I've just been watching every other Transformers related media ever since. So that tells you a lot about how it's still very silly. Like you, the it's definitely definitely a lot of nineties like tone and like silliness and cheese but i still love it to death <laughs> i have a problem with the storyline and the dialogue i mean it's really hard for me to get over <laughs> some of the writing i don't know uh, it it definitely shows its age i think but i don't know maybe that's maybe it's just the fact that i can't take the nostalgia goggles off for it but it's that's cool though i mean <laughs> as far as like overall like plot i think it definitely, it, it it kind of set things in motion, especially for uh, future shows of the franchise, to actually you know to try and strive for better dialogue. Because I mean, when you compare Beast Wars to um, the original show, I mean the show the original show definitely had its ups and downs also. But at the same time, there's just like this something special about it that you just can't help but love. At least if you're if you've grown up with it, like I have. Yeah. What was the, what was the movie? Was it Escape to Cybertron? Was that is that what it was called? The um actually the um original movie that came out at that was supposed to like bookend or the uh, original series and kickstart the new one was it was just called Transformers the movie right and right. um basically the plot of it was uh basically the the war between the Autobots and the Decepticons has really come to a head like the Decepticons have pretty much taken over the home world and uh, the Autobots have to basically fight for it from uh, 
from the couple different like uh, lunar bases and, and planet Earth. But then, you know, once that all comes to a head, you know, Optimus and Megatron have their final showdown. Both of uh, a fight which, but neither of them walk away from fully, and uh, it kills off. It basically effectively killed off a majority of the uh, original series characters as a way of kind of like cleaning the slate so they could uh, release new toys. Yeah. No, I know exactly. <laughs> so many, so many tears were shed at Optimus Prime's death that, like, I believe there was a story of a kid locking himself in a closet for days because he was so traumatized. I was traumatized. <laughs> But, um, so I can't remember the rest of the plot. <laughs> it, it, it involves, uh, you know, who's going to be the next Autobot leader after Optimus, and then there's this giant big, uh, look, but it looked to be like a, tra- at the time, a transformer si- uh, a transformer the size of a planet that actually went around eating planets, and they have to fight him off. Was that voiced by, um, uh, or- Orson Welles? That's the one. Yep. I couldn't think of his name. I, w- I was trying to say Optimus. <laughs> Optimus Wells. Was it him? Yeah, that was actually, from what I understand, that was Orson Welles' uh, last role before he passed away. Yeah. Which I don't think he, he looked very, I don't think he was very happy about. No, that was his final words. Why did it have to be Transformers? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't did not know that. Yeah, well. it, was, it was crazy, but... Regardless, it left a big impression on me as a kid, and I know a lot of for other fans of the series that they still love that movie a lot more than the Michael Bay films. Yeah, regardless of all the silliness. I just think the Transformers are too complicated. I think that's the problem. I think if they were a, a, a much simpler design, I think they would have had a lot more, you know, sort of grown kids on board. Yeah, but it's going to be a a Transformers cinematic universe. Don't forget. <sighs> yeah, because there there has to be. Because Michael Bay is going to keep making the movies until he no <laughs> he no it. longer has the money to fu- he, until he does, has no more money in which to fund them. <laughs> then he'll go to Kickstarter, <laughs> <laughs> and my friend will give him all the money. Oh no! Please no! It needs Do to I... end. It needs to end. I don't think Michael Bay will ever go to Kickstarter. I think that's uh, that, that's that's a non-starter. Mm-hmm. Bub, bub, see what he did there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I, I've not been engaged in the conversation for a while. My brain's been sort of floating out. I swear. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sort of listening to a radio show. <laughs> I can talk about it. <laughs> it's, it's interactive. It's yeah. Interactive. It's like a video game. <laughs> That's pretty cool. An interactive radio show. <laughs> Someone make that game. <laughs> You just tell the DJ to shut up. <laughs> be like, no, play another song. Yeah. I thought that was was um, I thought that was Pandora. <laughs> Click, yeah. But um, anyways, moving away from Transformers, as much as I love that and would love to keep talking about it because I'm an obsessive fan. Um, That's great. There's another. Uh, sorry. Um, no, it's great. The other uh, series that I've been trying to um, I'll watch is an anime series. Uh, called uh this this title's really silly so bear with me uh my, called my romantic comedy uh snafu my high school romantic comedy snafu yes i've heard of it and um, i'm watching the first season right now and um i'm hoping to get you know watch that write a review on the first season then uh follow that up with the watching the second season because 
I uh, I heard a lot of like it was getting popular, you know, recently. So I thought I'd check it out, and it's very, very interesting. It's very different than any other kind of like romantic comedy slice of life anime that I've seen. At least it's with the way it handles its uh, main characters and its dilemmas. It's very. It seems very smart, at least the way it's written, which has really impressed me so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that uh, that continues to build. Especially uh, since the, uh, um, I'm sorry to, to cut you off there, but um, I like looked between the differences between the first season animation and the second season animation because it, apparently it got exchanged between two different studios and directors for the two different seasons. And my God, the difference is, oh, it's like night and day. Good difference, or is one a lot? Is the second one a lot better, or the the second one, at least from what I've seen, seems leagues better. Uh-huh. Like, the motion's a lot more fluid and more, like, realistic. Well, perhaps it's the first series of success. They got a bit more money for the second series. That's what I'm, that's what I'm guessing, because it, like, it, it, it still boggles my mind how they go from something, you know, the, the first season animation, from what I've seen so far, is, is good. It's definitely, like, your basic, you know, just basic animation style. And then, then you get to the second season, it's just, like, it just shoots the the budget seemed to shoot through the roof because they were able to like animate this whole sequence in the uh, very first episode of this uh, the two female leads singing in a singing a song in a band and it just it was just so beautiful to watch because it just seemed so natural. Cool. Uh, when you were talking about um, Transformers, um, about and it was from the people who did reboot, wasn't it? Yeah, mainframe. mainframe. Are you aware about the reboot reboot? I am not, and now that I know it, I want to know everything about it, please. Um, they're doing it's. I think they're doing it as part. They were doing it as part of an anniversary, um, and it is a sequel. Actually, obviously, it's fun to say it's a reboot reboot, but technically, it's not. It's a sequel, um, and I think it's about. Um, it's obviously set like 20 years after or whatever and I think it's about some and they're trying to update it a bit so I think it's got ordinary teenagers from the real world going into mainframe was it? Yeah mainframe was the name of the the, the city that they lived in in the, in, in the computer <laughs> Yeah yeah. I think that's basically the setup, and it's supposed to be I know that it's going to be on Canadian TV other than that I'm not sure if it's got any got any distribution elsewhere, but I'm sure it will do. So. Oh, I certainly hope so because I would love to see that. Especially, the, I wonder if they're going to pull like a a Tron Tron Legacy kind of thing, where it's like you know now the technology's upgraded, like you know how different mainframes going to look as opposed to how it would look it looked back in the you know the original show. Yeah, but if you want to know a little bit more about that, then you can do a little search on a website that is known as. <clears throat> animationforadults.com of course um, we, we did report a story on that when it was announced so i'll have to i'll have to search back through the uh through the articles and see if i can find it yeah a lot of good reading yeah i'll be busy <laughs> yeah. and the only other thing that i've uh that i got to see recently that i want to make a quick mention to um in the video game world is um uh, i got to see a bit of uh batman arkham knight Oh right, yeah, yeah, and, and oh, it it yeah. 
it just hits all the right notes as far as if you want to like not just a good game but like a good batman related story it just hits all the right points and i am i haven't played through the whole thing yet but i've gotten a good way through and shivers just shivers (laughs) oh that's excellent i'm still waiting for the last installment of uh life is strange or for the fourth installment rather yeah, so am I, especially with the, the cliffhanger that I know that they I ended know. on. <laughs> oh, it's <was> good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, wait and see. Wait and see how they decide to tackle that. Okay, so that's everything, Rachel? Yep, that's it. Okay, uh, Vaughn, have you got anything you've been watching recently? Well, um, I've been catching up on... Uh, I've been catching up on some of the early animation, uh, silent animation clips because um, I'm finishing a post and um, taking. So I've been sort of studying them and taking notes because you can, you know, rewatch them through the Library of Congress. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's it's really they're fascinating. I mean, you know, it's to watch stuff that's was was created before body mechanics was really invented. You know, um, some of it. I mean, some of it's kind of hard to watch, <laughs> but it's fascinating because it's just, uh, it's a testament to ingenuity and science and creativity and, um, and well, and a throwback to vaudeville, I suppose. It's really fascinating, but I'm doing a lot of extra research to make up for the, the um, amount of time <laughs> it's taken for me to put this together, so... And that is for, um, it'll be on animationforadults.com, just so you know. It will. Just a little plug there. Yeah, I'll have to read it. Yeah. <laughs> there'll be lots of links. <laughs> Yay! So there'll be some watching to go with it. So yeah. Perfect. Extra value. Perfect. Yeah. Extra value. <laughs> yeah. And it won't cost you a penny. It's amazing. <laughs> Even people. better. Even better. <laughs> Unless you count, you know, the electricity or... Or the the uh, bandwidth you're using or whatever, Otherwise, but we're not charging you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's nothing to do with us. <laughs> and is that is that it for you? Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I've been watching that, and of course, going through um, some of the movies uh, from some of the people at, at the, who participated in the. Edinburgh International Festival's uh, Animation Lab, and you'll be posting links to their portfolios and things in the show notes. <laughs> but um, I've been watching a bunch of that stuff too, <laughs> going through uh, people's stuff and uh, some really talented animators out there, and producers and directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, you say you don't really watch a lot of animation, <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> 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 so I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Uh... <laughs> Not really. <laughs> only kidding. Uh, um, I mean, I, I can only think of uh, you know, if any. Uh, we I watched. Um, this was again part of the animation lab. Um, we saw Adam Elliott's uh, new um, short film, uh, Ernie Biscuit. It was the one after Max and Mary, um, but it's it's a, a much shorter one. Um, I think it's probably about the same length as uh, Harvey Crumpet, uh, the one that he won his Oscar for. And um, yeah, it was it was fascinating listening he, because he was he attended and spoke a lot about it. Um, and just listening to the the whole rigmarole of 
making a feature length um, film, animated film, and how he, uh, he 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 wasn't allowed to to animate. He basically had to direct because of the scale of it. Um, and it, it was a uh, I don't know if traumatic is the right word, but it was a <laughs> certainly a, a you know an intense experience for him. And he kind of uh, came away from it and basically locked himself away and, and worked on Ernie Biscuit. And, um, so we managed to see that and, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it's always nice to hear about the pain and turmoil <laughs> that goes with making these things. And, um, but no, I thoroughly enjoyed Ernie Biscuit and just really, really sort of a much more simplified, um, approach just to the animation as much as anything because of the, just the logistics of it. Um, but it was nice to kind of see him kind of creating the things that, you know, or seeing something that he enjoyed creating. Um, and, and, uh, but yeah, certainly <clears throat> I would recommend, I don't know if it's, I, I'm not sure what the sort of release um, sort of schedule or how, how it works with that, but um, I would uh, I would certainly recommend that. The only other thing I would say is I, I, I was on Netflix and really have run out of everything that I want to watch on Netflix. And, um, and uh, How to Train Your Dragon, I thought it was the second um, film. And, and it was... Um, I think it was it, one of the shorts. Yeah, and, and as soon as the intro sequence started, I had to turn it off. Um, so, <laughs> so it was like... That'll do. Uh, so yeah, so you know what I was saying about the TV series, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's it, uh, TV series are TV series, you know. There's, yeah. I think when your expectation is high, it's uh, yeah, never never watch uh, the sort of spin-off. Uh, yeah. um, but so yeah, that's that's pretty much it to be honest. I, I've recently just got internet in my flat or apartment if you're in America, uh, and I still don't have a TV and. Uh, yeah, that kind of works for me in many ways. Um, but yeah, I would. But certainly, uh, check out Ernie Biscuit if you're, uh, you know, if you have the opportunity. Totally. I think, that, I think that's part of the problem with short films. It's like where to see them quite often. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. It's, it just seems there isn't the platform to to view these things, uh, and uh, it, there's there's just so much incredible talent you know out there that will will never make it to the big screen and um you know it really needs to be recognized and some you know there there is really you know it's it's just this phenomenal phenomenal amount of um you know material that people should see um that's the trouble with um well it's not maybe the trouble with the festival circuit but um, you know, you really have to go out of your way to to hunt them down, and yeah. uh, and, and I, you know, there has to be some other way of you know getting these to the viewer. But um, maybe one day, maybe I, I know there are sort of a few short film sort of uh, platforms, but uh, I think you know, there's certainly more of a mainstream possibility. So. There's actually a Kickstarter on at the moment. Um, there's a guy in America who does something called the Animation Show of Shows. That's right. Yes, I remember uh, reading that article. Yeah. About that. And it's about, basically, it's about taking shorts around. It's what he's trying to do. He's trying to, it's in America, obviously, so not much good to us. Uh, but um, he wants to take 
uh, short films on their own, basically, so show them on the big screen. It makes sense. Well, they, I mean, it's, it, it, it's a tough one um, because you're dealing with so many individuals as well and so many separate, you know, it must be a nightmare uh, trying to coordinate, right. um, you know, especially if they're just small production companies or whatnot. Um, but, it, if, yeah, it would it would make, make sense, you know. Yeah, it's, I mean, worth, it's definitely worth doing. Sorry. For sure. It's, yeah, but also, as, as there are more and more, more platforms and more and more channels and more and more, you know, content is something that is always in demand and, and right. uh, especially sort of quality content, you know, there's so much filler um, that you could, you know, you, you would need to have people in place who could actually uh, program it because, you know, there's, right. there's such a variety. Um, but, you know, there's, there are plenty of slots to be filled. Yeah, there's um the uh, Spike and Mike's Twisted Animation Show or festival <laughs> that travels around. I mean, there's really there aren't too many models. It seems like um, for the filmmakers to sort of make any kind of revenue off it, but um, I know that exists. I had a short film in it, and then there's also a a cool little program at um, uh, the Coolidge Corner Theater um, in Boston, and they sometimes. Well, basically, if you film is selected, it will show in in front of uh, different, you know, feature film, whatever happens to be playing. I mean, it should just be standard. They should bring it. I back. know. So, uh, I agree. I agree. And it's 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 just such a short slot. You know, you're really yeah. not putting people. You know, you're not. There's you know. People will sit through it, basically. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, I've definitely enjoyed it. There are a couple of theaters around here. I mean, the art theaters will sometimes uh, throw in a short film, and it's always like, oh, wow, I you know, would have never seen that. <laughs> there definitely, know, definitely needs to be some sort of quality control. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about a universal standard, but you <laughs> need, it needs to be well considered, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it needs to fit with what's coming, and, you know, there's... Uh, I mean, from from just from the other week in Edinburgh, when we watched um, the McLaren um, Animation Awards, and it, it's such a variety, and you know, everybody's everybody has an opinion about what's good and what's bad. But um, I just think just a little bit of you know considered programming would uh, you know you could you could sit for hours watching short films. You really could. Yeah, that sounds like a great way to spend an afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> and you know they're just complete little things. You just it's they're, they're satisfying in their own right, and That's you right. Get multiple <laughs> moments yeah. of satisfaction. And, and if you don't like one, there's another one along in a minute. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I was just going to say that. <laughs> exactly. Skip. <laughs> Skip that one. Yeah. Yeah. That... Go ahead. Sorry. I wonder if it would, there'd be any. What would happen if, like, someone like Netflix started putting on shorts? I wonder if. I, I think you'd find it. It would be incredibly popular. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I would. Uh, well, I'm, I'm very biased, but um, I, it, it would need to be presented in the right manner. Uh, yeah, that'd be the trouble trying to get people to discover it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you could do something like uh, say. Similar to like a what uh, a tsunami block where you have uh, like you say you already have an established channel and then you'll have like a, a particular block of time dedicated to animated short films and you'll show new ones new ones every uh, every time to air the block 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you, you could. It could be. I mean, you could have a show that, that you know, or uh, yeah, that 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 has, you know, a, yeah, a tailored, uh, you know, a themed. Um, uh, sort of like groups like Spotify, <laughs> like Spotify uh, <laughs> groupings of uh, different. Maybe uh, maybe not. Quite. <laughs> Uh, oh, whatever works. I mean, <laughs> I think that'd be fine. There are actually a few like um, things, kind of like the block idea in the UK that are on like at four o'clock in the morning or something yeah. on, on Channel Four. Oh. You'll get you'll get like a um, there'll be several shorts in a row or whatever. They've they've done different festivals and themes and things like that. Because um, Channel Four, they they have some license fee funding, so that they have to do things like that, and they and it's, it's all like in the middle of the night or whatever. But it's better than nothing. There's um there's a real thirteen as well here. Um, Channel Thirteen's or well, I don't know all the because the channels, but the public station um, channel has a real thirteen festival. But it's kind of weird though it's sort of a popularity contest and you can vote vote multiple times <laughs> across different mm. devices and it get, gets a little bit insane <laughs> but if your film wins then it's broadcast um you know in a in a block of shorts cool. well i think that's probably a good place for us to segue into our chat about the edinburgh film festival animation lab so uh Avon, uh, Mike, over to you. If you'd like to say <laughs> you, basically you start, how you got involved. <laughs> What's that? I said you go. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I thought we're, <laughs> I'd like to pass the mic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so how did you find out about it? So if I wanted to ask about how did you find out about this particular film lab? Uh, you know, For me, it was a yeah. friend. Oh, good, just, good, uh, good. Sorry. <laughs> oh go please please <laughs> no it was it was a friend who uh um sort of passed it on to me and said look you should uh you know have a look at this um and to be honest i didn't really know an awful lot about it um it started last year and so it's only in its second year um and i i, I thought well they they selected uh 20 um applicants from the UK and and uh internationally um and um 20 altogether yeah in total although there were wow. I think there were 18 on on mm-hmm. on our one but um and so it's like okay and and you have to pay for it <laughs> it's like okay this sounds <laughs> like if you get selected it might be quite good um mm-hmm. and as I mean I I as an independent sort of anime Mater, um, I, I primarily work alone, and oh, well, I work with occasionally. I bring people in, but um, my, you know, I, I, I feel sort of limited to a certain degree because of the work that I can take on and the work that comes in. And I've always wanted to expand some of my work, or um, certainly some of my some of my own personal um, projects that I'm working on. And um, I, I really had a lot of questions about taking it to the next level, learning more about the industry, learning, just, I just had a lot of questions. And, um, and the, the animation lab is a three day long event, um, just towards the end of the, the Edinburgh film festival. Um, and you, they're very intense days. They're three, um, you know, packed, um, so 
of days where you where we have you know the the group sort of meets each other and they get to know each other uh, most of them are animators we had a few producers and um but there were organized talks uh, by and um, we had as i said before adam elliot uh, barry purvis um you know people who you know pretty high up in, in that in their own sort of spheres um, and there was also a lot of talk about production. You know, I think by the end of it, everybody realised, yeah, we need a producer. We never knew what they were, but now that we do, you need a producer. Um, and I think a lot of people were looking to get to or sort of take a step up and work on a bigger project. Um, and yeah, so for the uh, for those three days, we, you know, they really packed a lot in and. And by the end of it, I certainly had all of the questions that I had answered, and 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 many more. Um, but yeah, it was just a just a friend, and and that's how I applied. I mean, Yvonne will let you uh, sort of uh, tell your own story. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I to be honest, I don't really know. I mean, it was must have been listed somewhere because I read about it and I thought. Well, th- that sounds great, you know. Um, I applied and forgot about it, um, and went along my business. And uh, yeah, I mean, as soon as I, I mean, it was a little bit more expensive for me because of the exchange rate and everything. So I had to get over there. <laughs> so you know, I had to get a plane ticket and stuff. And um, but as soon as I um, found out that I could participate, I mean, I was like, get me over there. <laughs> and it was uh, it was really wonderful. It was well worth it. I mean. You know, really after even the first day, I was sending out emails, you know, encouraging animators, uh, directors that I know to to apply because uh, it's a fantastic program. It really is. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's nice to. I mean, I said I spoke to this uh, a little bit last podcast, but um, you really it was validating and and yeah, I mean, it just kind of shows you that. Um, you're you're not you know you get a little bit isolated sometimes working in your studio um, kind of you know doing your work and uh, you know it's nice to know that other people are sort of doing the same thing and now we we have this uh, little network it's great really terrific program that's awesome um, what would you say for both of you if I have just one other question um, was there a particular uh, talk or uh, event that while you were there that really like resonated with you or stood out? I mean, I don't think there was one. I think all of it was uh, incredibly inspirational and valuable. I mean, I couldn't, there were, the diff, you know, there were certain, it really covered many aspects of um, the animated world, you know, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people came with questions, not some, it really didn't focus on, technique or you know content it was more about um how it really works and that that was um you know the the it was really covered well um there i mean there were certain certain talks that we had the and films that i saw um i and i've sort of mentioned this before but learning you know understanding or you know hearing that people at the top of their game are going through exactly the same thing as you are and right. it never ends mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, just, it's just you signed up for it you you're gonna have to deal with this all the time um but but the one thing that i would say is that i came away from it loving animation again 
And mm. um, prior to that, I, you know, I you you try and work out, you know, it, especially if you're working by yourself, you have to, you know, wear many hats and um you, you know trying to work out how to get to the next stage how do you make how do you get your thing commissioned or how do you get funding to develop it or and and uh, you know all of these different things all of these things that you have to that you you just accept um you know i think by the end of it it was like right i have got lost in trying to visualize and it's, it's essential as well that you you try and work out how you get things made um, it's not that you know it's you have the capability the technical ability to do to create the story to create the characters to build it to, to the movement everything um, but to to actually get to a point where you can you know really really make it you have to focus heavily on the the financial aspects the, the logistics um, and I'd kind of kind of got caught up in a lot of that and so yeah. it was lovely to actually be reminded that it's an art form and um and the, and sort of taken back to the the real sort of the drawing board pardon the pun but you know or the reasons why you 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 got into it in the first place and now I came away totally invigorated and really focused and determined to to make the things I want to make Definitely. I mean, and, and that's a thing. I, I mean, yeah, it was it was it's like it was bittersweet to leave, but um, because it was such a, a was cool little best. intensive bubble. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, me too. Me too. Oh, so much. And um, but at the same time, you're just amped yeah. to make quality work. And that's all you think about. And and I and it really I mean, it seems like everyone sort of came away from it with that. And, and the thing is, I mean, even after the first day, we, we did this little um, meet and greet where everyone sat in a circle and sort of moved around. It was like 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 a speed dating thing or something where you have 15 minutes with each person. And um, everyone brought questions for one another. I mean, we really, everyone just took so much out of it, just just from, from the participants, you know. And, and, uh, and so, like, the guest speakers and everyone who participated, who, who participated um, and really gave back and were very generous. And um, uh, I don't know, that was just an extra, it was cake, you know. <laughs> it was really terrific. I, th- I think you also came away realizing you you managed well you you had to define what it was you did you know mm-hmm. you uh, you had especially when you had to meet lots of people and explain what you do i i, I mean i i found that i don't really have to do that and i kind of you know my understanding of what it is i do um isn't you know is not something i've ever really had to nail down and you know <laughs> um, you know uh, convince other people that i do it that's a real challenge it's true it's true yeah well because you get and you get sort of it's the nature of well doing everything yourself too you sort of like take on all these extra responsibilities and the next thing you know you're sort of rolling along going um okay what exactly is it that's going on here (laughs) like how maybe i need some restructuring yeah it it was just it was a priceless uh I found my perspective on uh, what I do changed massively, and I realized the the approach that I need to take and the the sort of the the flaws in my approach prior to it, um, and 
it, yeah, it was a, a restructuring of thought as much as anything. Um, Definitely. That's and and just, just to meet the, you know, I, I, we've touched on it before, but just to meet people who do the same thing, especially when it's such a, a solitary um, pursuit. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you go back to not being alone, but you go back to your space where you focus just on, you know, the work you have to do. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it gave you hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'd say that it gave you realism, realism as well because you, you also understood, or I, certainly, certainly from a European perspective, because we, we rely a lot on funding and um, I know in America it's, it's quite a different setup but um, you know and, and how funding has drastically been cut which is just the nature of all of the economical sort of changes um, or yeah. sort of repercussions at least um, but I think that's been it's been happening for a long time and uh, we were shown many different different ways uh, or you know we were um in which to get funding you know the the people that who gave well the people who gave talks and it wasn't just uh yeah this is a big studio you know production that we worked it was you know going um everyone touched on it in the last podcast uh, about simon's cat and how that's been crowdfunded um and and you know there were just many different ways um, well, there are many different ways to to make what you want to make, um, but the landscape's changed massively in the last ten years, and you know you really have to be aware and ad- adapt and mm-hmm. be aware of what it is you're making um, and who your audience is, um, and you know, and it may not be one uh, route; it may be multiple routes that you use to fund uh, what you want to do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it was it was reassuringly you know um, grounding. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, Actually, ground, you know, grounding's a good word. Yeah, um, you know, I'm going to uh, <laughs> I'm going to a panel on uh, alternative distribution platforms um, tomorrow. I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know what I find out if I find out anything new. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Nifty. Uh, so, did you did you like make relation like working relationships with people that you think you might be work interested in collaborating with in the yeah, future? Yeah, right here, right now. Uh, yeah, Definitely, hundred percent. Uh, certainly, I wouldn't be speaking to you, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, there were there were many, um, and and also I think you've, uh, one of the things that I realised is that there people are open to being approached, and um, certainly even if you know pr- big production companies, uh, I, I know it was a very specific environment we were in, and they were encouraging. Um, but my, you know, now I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't really have the same fear I would have had about getting in touch with somebody, you know, getting sending my stuff through to, uh, you know, a production company or, um, but the, also it's the nature of the beast. Animation takes a long time, and it's about many relationships, and 
you uh, maybe not tomorrow, but you know, someday you'll uh, <laughs> you might go. Actually, I'm gonna get in touch with you know X, Y, or Z. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, it's it, who knows. I mean, it's uh, it's it's only just happened, um, and the, you know, hopefully there'll be many fruitful relationships. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I mean, yeah, you definitely came away with a sense of clarity. Um, at least I know I did that I didn't have before. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's. I still get a little choked up. It's still like, <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 we are still, you know, riding the wave a bit. But I, if true. any, if anyone's listening to this and they are an animator or producer or whatever involved in the 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 industry in some way it's i would say it's an invaluable experience um if you can um get get yourself on it and yeah apply. Um, it's it, it's just a beautiful it's a it was almost like a holiday as well even though there was a lot going on it was uh it was nice to just unplug and and really immerse yourself with people who love the same things and do the same things and and um, yeah if you find out more <laughs> <laughs> there will be a link in the show notes yeah how far in advance did you have to apply so that if anyone is listening and they're thinking aha <laughs> I want to get in that. How I, I think it was only a few months, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like a you know sort of applying to get in a film festival. Or it was, uh, yeah. I mean, I I can't honestly remember, but it wasn't. It was pretty quick. The whole process from submitting the application to um, learning your you know getting accepted, and then uh, I'd say maybe two or three months. That sounds yeah, right. Yeah, I, I feel like Yvonne, you said to me like that you've just been accepted like at some point when you were writing for the site so it can't have oh. been that that can't have been that far long ago can it so good point I think, yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah i think it must be pretty quick it's so... all blur <laughs> <laughs> well, especially after everything you just you just went through it's just like like it's hard to think back that far after the, the kind of experience you sound like you both had while you were there yeah it was of life altering in a lot of ways i mean just honestly we really are selling it aren't we <laughs> yeah we really are <laughs> good you get a sponsorship deal going in <laughs> make a little bit on the side yeah <laughs> edinburgh international film festival animation lab yeah yeah dot com. That. <laughs> dot com i don't know if that is a dot com but probably dot org <laughs> uh, no, I would. I, mean, I think just the film festival in its own right is um, is certainly worth promoting because of. Yes. And I, I keep banging on about the the short film thing, and but I, I it was. Uh, I, I I I think what really struck me was the the reaction of the the, the speakers um, and just how they how humble they were. Um, I think that's probably a, the trait of an animator, anyway. Um, but they, you know, they they were they kind of felt like frauds almost. Um, you know, they felt like, well, 
why am I here? I'm not sure why I'm, you know, and um, and I, I think most people who create stuff, you know, they never, they don't have the same objective perspective on their, on the work that they make. Um, and so, you know, they, they're always thinking, oh, I can make something better. And, you know, uh, I keep going back to Barry Purvis. Um, but I mean, he's, he's 60 now and has made, you know, a, a phenomenal body of work, but never got to make a feature film. And he felt that he was second rate because he, uh, he, he never had that opportunity to make the thing that he really wanted to make. And, you know, but you look back at his stuff and you're like, well, I mean, this is just beautiful. You know, it's, uh, phenomenal work uh, but that's the nature of creative people you've you're never finished I think that's it if you're finished you know if you're satisfied with your last you know with what you've made then you know pack it in basically what was this gentleman's <laughs> name just say one more time Barry Purvis He's, how do you spell that how do you spell that uh, Barry <laughs> and then Purvis <laughs> is P-U-R-V-E-S um, P-U-R-V-E-S I, uh, check out um Oh, what was the one? Um, screenplay. It's um, it's sort of based on Japanese theater, uh, but oh. it's uh, it's stunning. It's he's stop motion. Um, I, I was going to ask what we, medium. He well, oh, he's he's predominantly stop motion. Uh, we yeah, I, we spoke about his stuff a little bit um, last podcast, and I I spaced on the name, but um, Dan was talking about Plume, was yeah. the uh, short that he that he'd seen. Okay. I would say screenplay and Tchaikovsky are the mm-hmm. two that I would Tchaikovsky. strongly recommend um, from from his his body of work. All right, thank you. I will I will definitely get looking at that this week <laughs> if I can see if I can find anything because, like you said, the hardest thing about the hardest thing about short films and and animation is it's hard to find it's hard it, to find them within the sea of information. I think. I mean. I, I think he's probably got some DVDs knocking about and somewhere on YouTube, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I noticed a lot of a lot of short films make it on at least on YouTube. That's where I remember I first started watching a whole bunch of them. But, I think uh, there's, there's a move. Uh, there was I can't remember the name of of the animator, but he uh, is uh, created a film, and you know people can sell through Vimeo and whatnot, and you know I think. I think he was selling his for like two pounds uh, or oh, like um, three dollars, uh, and you know that there, there are you just once again you just have to be creative about how you make money as as much as you have to be creative about making the thing that you make, um, right. and there are there are many ways of doing it. That's the that's the thing. Um, you just uh, it just doesn't stop when you finish the film. It's uh, it, obviously depending on the level you're working at, uh, but certainly if you're and the majority are working on small productions, and um, you know, if it, and one of the other things that came out uh, of that was it needs to be excellent. You know, it needs mm-hmm. to be it needs to excel, and mm-hmm. uh, you really. You know, and that, and that got me thinking. I was like, I yeah. I need to up my game, <laughs> and yeah. because if that, that's just the nature of of the whole industry. You know, it, it needs to be popular. Well, not necessarily, you know, but it needs to. Um, you you need to have an audience, and if mm-hmm. you don't make something engaging, then the, you know, there's 
you, you're going to be struggling. Yeah. And it, I mean, yeah, really the people who uh, participated, I mean, the quality of work that that I saw in, in these reels, I mean, my goodness. I mean, that was another thing that really sort of charged you up, you know. It's like I wanted to just get home and get working. <laughs> <laughs> that work to do. <laughs> There's always work to do, but at least it, it's, it's very fortunate that you, know, you do something that you love to do. That's on, and like I said, it's always good to be able to share ideas and uh, inspiration with other like-minded individuals. So that's that's very. Uh... It's a, it's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> I, 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 the number of times people have said, "Well, you know, at least it's something that you love." I've, it's yeah, it, it, it you know it fluctuates. That's for sure. But, yeah, I think that could be that could be said with almost any different. For sure. Absolutely. kind of art at least if you if you're if you feel very passionate if you're very passionate about that art when the thing is the, the thing is with when you feel passionate about something it is both love and hate it, yeah. you can say that about any art form yeah absolutely yeah the thing is i think when you're working on an animation or a film or whatever you get to a point when you've been working on it at a certain point that you would be like i hate this this is the worst thing i've ever done <laughs> yeah Yep. Like, what am I doing? I want to tear it up. It's terrible. <laughs> this is all wrong. It's not how I pictured it. It should be. But you keep going back, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's keep going through. <laughs> no, it reminds I, I, me of this one line that I remember it was in this one movie. I forget what it was. Is that if little ideas that tickle and nag and refuse to go away are basically what was the figure? It was a really cheesy line, but it was like it was like. In those ideas are the seeds of destiny. Blah 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 blah. I forget what movie it was, but it was it was a it was a cute line. Nice. I, I don't know if it it might have been someone from Pixar or someone who says that you don't finish animation, you just abandon it. <laughs> <laughs> you just get to a certain point where you go ah. Blah. Well, that, that, that's where we where we learnt about the role of the producer. And, that's um, right. <laughs> for anybody who. Because I was like a producer, was a producer, um, um, but you know, a producer basically gets the money <laughs> and very important, sure, very important. Uh, make uh, make sure that everybody involved is doing the job that they need to be doing, and you know, a good producer will, apart from having immense, you know. Uh, Personal, well, just having good relationship skills um, will allow everybody to do their job and focus on their job. And uh, you know that was uh, that was yeah that, that was a revelation. Yeah. It was a revelation. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I couldn't stop talking about that either. <laughs> I think that's true in general. People just don't know what producers do. They just know. They're somehow important. Yeah. Apparently, they're they're one of the like but the uh, one of the major individuals when it comes to making any kind of film. But they, it's like besides you know the idea that they get the money for the film, it's they don't really know if they're, they're you know what the role they serve besides that. Like yeah. it's the they're the three important uh, major facets of filmmaking is the director, producer, and then of course the editor, the the head well, editor. Well, the thing is, I mean, I definitely writer. yes, of course. Um, I mean, I've definitely, uh, you know, understood the role of producer while working in studios and, and been thankful and, and thought, you know, I just thought they were amazing 
I mean, they sort of control the tap too. A lot of times, you know, and you can they can buy you extras and stuff. It's just that um, as a producer would relate to my own, um, you know, little <laughs> one person studio. <laughs> that's where I, I don't know. Like, sort of a light bulb um, went off, and I thought, oh right, right, because I'm 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 doing this professionally. <laughs> You know, I don't know. It's, I mean, that, that sounds silly, probably, but um, I don't know. Again, it was just, uh, it was, it was a revelation. I mean, a light bulb sort of went off, and I thought, oh yeah, you can uh, partner up <laughs> with people. Yeah, <laughs> help get things done. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the problems when you are an individual creating animation, and, and again, with you know, this applies to all many fields, but. Um, when you're so used to doing it all by yourself, um, I think when you, it's very hard to let go, especially if yeah. it's your vision, your every you know it's it's your baby. The the producers like a parent; <laughs> they they, <laughs> they basically allow the kids to you know run wild and uh, you know give them, but obviously, give them the lunch money and you know, make sure it. they get to school okay. <laughs> but going back to the point about you know, there's a time when you have to stop. Um, animate, you know, that's what a producer does as well. They basically say, "Right, no more. We're done with this. <laughs> We're moving on to the next thing." And you, it's so hard to do if it's just yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's often good just to have another person. To if you're if you're doing everything yourself, you just need the perspective of someone else and someone right. who's who's less. Well, less in your head, basically. Yeah, really, because when you're just, it, it's really when you just stay on the like, like you guys were saying that when you're just staying like that, you know, you don't seem to grow. But once you once you do go out with other people and you talk and you share ideas and perspectives, and then you know, like you said, a light bulb goes off, and you're just like, okay, well, it's time to get back to work because I know what I'm missing now. You also right. realize that you, maybe you don't have to work so hard. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you don't have to work seven days a week. <laughs> You, know, you can pass all of this on to other people. That's mm-hmm. you know, suddenly yeah. that becomes appealing. And you don't have to struggle. <laughs> you always have to struggle, Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's called being an artist. Yeah, true. But but yeah, I just yeah, I did definitely felt I feel a lot less bogged down by um, by things than I did before. Again, I think it was really just clarity of and uh, sort of organization, sort of knowing what I need to do next. Was there anything else at basically at the whole the whole event that you saw that you really wanted to talk about, either of you? Edinburgh Castle. Does, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Beautiful city. <laughs> We're now working for the tourist board. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Plugs. <laughs> Lots of seagulls, I think you said, Yvonne. Oh, my God. Yeah. Lots of giant seagulls. Giant seagulls. (laughs) Size of small dogs. Jeez, that's scary. I thought you were trying to get sell people in Edinburgh. (laughs) It's a terrifying place. Come to Edinburgh. There are seagulls (laughs) the size of your dog. Giant castles, giant seagulls, (laughs) screaming seagulls. Um. <laughs> lots of film festivals, lots of history. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, come visit today. 
Yeah. Edinburgh was beautiful. I mean, I really, I, I was sincerely, I I had a mini heartbreak leaving. I was like, I really, I could have stayed for a little while longer. It was, uh, it was sad to leave. It's gorgeous. I mean, everywhere you turned, it was, it was, it was gorgeous. And I I just, well, this is a, I just need to get this in, but, uh, like a, a, a massive thank you to everybody involved in organising the event and you know the festival, but particularly the animation lab. Um, they were uh, you know they were incredibly accommodating, and you know I, I hopefully they'll get funding for it next year um, because it's it's you know it's it's definitely worth it. it yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, it was a really wonderful program. That's awesome. So, this is, I think I, I know the answer. So, you'd both recommend it then? No. Yes. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it, it, no, for sure, for sure. I can't even yeah. do it. I can't Sorry, even Tom. do it. I can't even jokingly say no. I'm too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, nah. <laughs> uh, no. No, it's amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was very interesting to hear. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> um, okay, I think that about wraps us up for today. Uh, so I would like to say thanks very much for coming on to, uh, for Michael. Thank you um, much. It's been a pleasure having you on. It's very interesting to hear what you've had to say. Uh, would you like to plug your website and stuff? Uh, yeah, it, it's mjcollin c-o-l-l-i-n dot com and, and that's it I, ha- I have a Twitter but I, I have never used it which is also okay. <laughs> Um and that really is the end of my plug okay was that mjcollin that was the um, Twitter yeah, that I think so used. I think so. <laughs> well yeah you can follow that even if it doesn't use it I might <laughs> <laughs> I, I... I mean, it's, yeah, follow it if you want. <laughs> Apparently it's not worth it, but I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Twitter, Twitter takes some getting used to when you first start using it, so maybe one day. Yeah, get in on the ground now, and then when he starts tweeting, then you'll be prepared. Yeah, yeah right? That, that's, right? That's what I'm saying. At, at least uh, it's not yeah. going to take up too much of your time. But, uh... No. <laughs> and you can uh, follow me at Mr. Chris Dorr on Twitter if you want to. I don't know why, uh, but you can. Uh, and uh, Rachel? Yep. Yeah, uh, as usual, uh, my, my Twitter page is uh, Rachel Ward at fail to ninja so follow me if you wish. I will make sure that I'll try to post regularly. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm just as bad as Michael. I'm just like trying to make sure I keep up with everything that's going on, but I'm, I'm getting used to it. I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. <laughs> Anyone? I'm on Twitter at iSnare underscore Inc. And uh, I'm definitely, I definitely post stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, And obviously you can follow us all at AFA blog on Twitter. And you can visit the website at animationforadults.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, Tumblr and Pinterest. So there's lots of ways to follow us. And... Hopefully, by the time you hear this, the um, the podcast will be up on iTunes. Uh, if you like it, you could always leave us a review. If you don't, perhaps just 
get on with your life. <laughs> never mention it again. Scary and exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. We, you know, we don't need to speak of this again. Um, and we will be back next time when we shall be talking about Song of the Sea. Yes. So we will catch you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Um, yeah, the only way I can do this is to compen, com, compen, compen, there. Is this is this going to be edited? Uh, this this is this week's aficionado. Compen, compen. Oh god! I'm not even sure what, what the word I might be. I don't even know the word I'm saying. No. Compendium? What? Uh, <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun to edit again. Um, <laughs> when you put things in compartments, compartmentalise. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. There we go. The only way I could possibly do this is to com. <laughs> oh, bollocks. <laughs> this <Listen. laughs>